Welcome to The Power of Italy with your host, Luisa Potenza. Another Sunday, another episode. Today, I don't have a guest, unfortunately, because um, it gets rather lonely in this room. Here I am by myself and speaking to you, and I can't see you and you can't see me. You know, it's lonely. Shall I say lonely at the top? I don't know. Is this the top? Oh, just a bit of silliness, okay? We're going to start off today's episode with some news from Italy. Compliments of that great paper out of New Jersey, the Italian Tribune. Let me tell you, this is a rather sad story. It's entitled Suore Ribelli. The Vatican has expelled two cloistered sisters from the nunhood, after the pair disobeyed a request to leave a 7th centuries old monastery along Italy's Amalfi coast. Known in the cliff-top town of Ravello as the Suore Ribelli, or Rebel Nuns, Sister Massimiliana Panza and Sister Angela Maria Punacol left the Santa Chiara Monastery after receiving a letter signed by the Pope telling them that they were relieved of, quote, the obligations of sacred ordination, close quote. For the past decade, the monastery and its cloistered community, which is a part of Ravello's history, has been home to only three nuns, which also included Sister Maria Cristina Fiore, a 97-year-old nun who has lived there since 1955, the three were asked to transfer to another monastery or convent. After a request to replenish the monastery with nuns was rejected, the sisters attempted to negotiate with the Vatican to keep it going, but that was turned down. That's rather a sad story. Well, I tell you, if I were one of the nuns and I lived in Ravello, I would not want to leave. I don't know if you've ever visited this hilltop town, but it, it is glorious. It really is. It, the views from the top are just magnificent. Ravello is a beautiful, beautiful town. So I don't blame the sisters. And I wonder what the Vatican has planned for the monastery. Well, we shall have to keep tabs on that to find out. Another little story, Uffizi Honored. The Uffizi Galleries in Florence have been named as one of the 20 finest art galleries in the world and the best in Italy in 2023 by America's World Art Awards. The selection was made on the basis of the number of years that the museums have been established, their industry reputation, online interest, location, size, exhibits, educational programs, and represented artists. The Uffizi, which is famous worldwide for its collections of ancient sculptures and paintings, especially from the 14th century and the Renaissance period, was further described as the most important Italian museum, the most visited, largest, and best known in the world. Again, 
the power of Italy. It goes on and on. Well, if you've been to Italy, and I'm sure many of you out there have been, if you haven't, my goodness, book a trip as soon as possible. Yes, indeed. Um, You've probably been to someone's home in Italy, or you went to a B&B, or um, yes, it's called B&B, and you've looked at the Italian kitchens. And now everyone, since the pandemic, is working on their homes. It seems that we were cloistered for so many, well, not so many, but a few years. We concentrated on being home and making our homes more beautiful, more livable. So if you're involved in that, in an, if you want to duplicate an Italian kitchen, I have a couple of tips for you. You know that in Italy, Italian kitchens feature beautiful colors like burnt oranges, soft yellows, brilliant blues. If you want to replicate the Tuscan sunset or the Mediterranean sea, you go for some of those colors, burnt oranges, soft yellows, brilliant blues, okay? And as much as possible, an Italian kitchen must have a lot of natural light. So windows, 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 and a lot of room. You have to add more square footage to your cook space as well and use natural materials such as wood, stone, and terracotta. Well, we're getting to an Italian kitchen now, aren't we? How about using vintage plates, cups, and saucers? And if you don't have enough storage space, just rely on hooks and more hooks for pots, pans, and mugs. And the best Italian kitchen features wood and stone. For goodness sakes, do not paint wood. I have been engaged in uh, controversy with several friends who will come in and say, you know, your kitchen is old-fashioned. You really should paint those cabinets. And I say, I will never paint on wood. And I stand firm. It doesn't happen in Italy, and it's not going to happen here on Long Island, okay? Another way of transforming the kitchen, new lighting, new lighting, new drawer pulls, okay? And if you don't have enough space for all the cooking, well, just tuck away those small appliances and utensils Keep them away from the counter space. And by the way, have you been to an ugly turismo and looked at a farmhouse? And if you want to replicate the illusion of living in a farmhouse, all you have to do is install four beams. Mm-hmm. How about that? And if your cabinet fronts are looking shabby, I don't know whether you'll take this suggestion or not. Well, just simply replace them with colorful curtains. Have you been to a small village and have you gone into one of the kitchens? And you're sure to find storage space with colorful curtains in front of it. I did. I know that. I went to a, a, a lady's house years ago to interview her. And she had, oh, she was storing newspapers and oranges, but she was putting them behind curtains, okay? So you don't need doors to replicate an old-fashioned Italian kitchen. 
simply put a colorful curtain. And another little tip, open shelves, open storage to display plates and bowls. Well, have I given you the impetus to, uh, you know, change your kitchen and perhaps give it a little bit of Italian influence, a little bit of Italy in your own home? Sounds good to me. How about you? Want to take that on? Well, since we're in the kitchen, I have to give you a recipe, as I do. I try to do every week, give you a recipe from a different region of Italy. Today, I'm going to focus on Sicily. Ah, the food in Sicily is magnifico, no? I'm going to give you a recipe for a vegetable that will be in season very soon. And can you guess what that is? Zucchini, of course. This is a Sicilian recipe for zucchini in agrodolce, which is zucchini in a sweet and sour sauce. So you're going to need six large zucchini, two and a half tablespoons of olive oil, one clove of garlic crushed, Two and a half tablespoons of wine vinegar. Two to three tablespoons of pine nuts. Two to three tablespoons seedless white raisins. Sultanas, actually. Two salted anchovies. And, yes, salt. Now you wash the zucchini, trim off the stem ends, and cut each one in four lengthwise pieces. If they are large enough, they can be cut yet again into strips. Heat the olive oil and saute the garlic until brown. Discard it and add the zucchini. Cover the pan and cook for a few minutes. Add the vinegar and an equal quantity of water. Cook for 10 minutes over a moderate heat. Then add the pine nuts and white raisins. Wash and finely chop the anchovies and add them to the pan. Stir gently, add a little salt if necessary, and cook for two or three minutes longer. This recipe will serve three to six people. Take it down because very soon there'll be lots of zucchini in the market, along with their flowers, of course. Oh, my. And if you need a recipe for flowers, I think I'll do that possibly next week. Okay, I love zucchini flowers, don't you? Well, that recipe made me hungry. It really did. Well, it doesn't take much, I'll tell you that. Well, that's our, our show for today. Um, hopefully next week we'll have a guest. Mm -hmm. You know what they say, it's so much easier doing a podcast if you're interviewing someone or someone drops in and they're seated beside you. That's ideal too. So as I say, in the coming weeks, we will be conducting a lot of interviews. So you must stay tuned to The Power of Italy. Every Sunday, a new episode. For now, I'm wishing all of you 
tante belle cose e ciao!